but at some point the information we ingest becomes the narrative we live more than the data itself ever would have been. Welcome to part two of my interview with intuitive life coach, Andrea Lita Wilborn and energy worker and spiritual medium, Jenna Carey. This interview was conducted on April 6th, 2020, amidst a global health phenomenon authorities are calling COVID-19. In part one, we explored the phenomenon of human spiritual uprising amidst crisis. Well, in part two, we decide what to do about it. This is where we explore the concept of human service, leadership, and social innovation. This is the Super Givers Podcast. There's part of me that just thinks that a lot of people aren't going to aren't going to get on board. Does that even matter? Like, does that kind of thinking mm-hmm. even matter? I think it, I think it matters to say oh, I really wish right now people could see the light or people could harness the opportunity. And there are people navigating this who can't uh, by nature of lack of resource or inability to put food on the table. So there, there are people who are experiencing this at like the most tangible visceral level. And there are people who are experiencing a, a fabrication of this in their mind that has made it significantly more stress-filled than necessary. And then there's people who are taking this opportunity to strip away and, and get really clear for themselves. So I, th- I think it, for me, it matters to say I have this deep desire that people could take the space and time and really tune into what is. Um, but if that doesn't happen and it won't likely happen in mass, that's okay. Because what if it happens just enough that we just enough move the needle forward in places that we've been hungry to move it forward for a really long time? That's what I can, I think you have to hold on to hope no matter what that hope looks like, but we can't get attached to, well, if this doesn't happen, then we're just screwed. (laughs) Exactly. I think that's like, that's the, that cynic in all of like all of us have that little cynic in us that's like, yeah, but what about, yeah, but what about? And I think that voice points us to what we really care about. Uh-huh. But, we, but we can't feed the cynic in thinking that the cynic knows best. Because I think cynicism is a really easy bypass to what feels like less powerful, which can be hope and faith. Mm. And I and I I'm not sure if I'm alone in that, but that's that's what I think about. I mean, as, as somebody who's been struggling with the cynic recently, I, I actually really like hearing that because I love hope and faith. And I'm wondering if other people can relate to the loss of hope um, in, in the species <laughs> specifically. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and that's really hard for, for me personally to integrate because I've built, you know, so much of my meaning in the world to lifting the consciousness of my fellow my fellow mammals i feel like when i can tap into like the hope within myself really tap into it that is when i can see the possibility for the hope to turn on for all the little lights to turn on for for everybody else Like when you are in that, when you're tapped into it, you can feel it. You can feel the possibility of it. You can spread and intend and like send out that possibility to others through tapping into it in yourself when you're 
feeling that hopelessness, that's what you're also tuned into, what you're seeing around you, what you're focused on is what you're seeing evidence of always. So when I'm really tapped into that hopefulness, it's like even when I go sometimes on social media or something, I get like, I'll find messages that resonate and are saying exactly what I'm saying, thinking exactly what I'm thinking, other people that are, that I'm finding that are feeling the same way. And it all, I really feel like it all happens like within that even your own presence, just showing up with openness and with acceptance, like accepting, accepting of every single other person on their own journey, where they're at on their journey. Cause it is hard doing this human life. Like it always has been. And this is a crux where, Ooh, hello. <laughs> this is a crux where it's hard for almost every single person on the planet all at the same time, which means there's a definite like crisis of consciousness happening. And it's a chance an opportunity where there's crisis, there's opportunity always. And I have, I have, I have been in those places of like complete struggle. How am I going to get food on the table today? How am I going to get through the end of the day? How am I going to keep my house? How am I going to be able to pay for anything? How am I going to survive the next day? And that lowness, those lowest points where I felt like giving up, where I would lose complete hope is what like bing, opened me up to letting go and just being like, somebody help me, somebody, something, something greater than me. Like, come help me do something. Like, I feel like the, our lowest points open us up to, to that hope. So I almost have hope that these like despair and desperation is going to lead people to opening up to hope and faith. I can't tell if I like really want you to do an ayahuasca ceremony for me or if I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> like you can go within and journey within with, you know what I mean? Like yes. my mojo sessions are like an ayahuasca ceremony. You could go within without, I mean, that would be any, any, I think anything that opens consciousness for anybody mm-hmm. like is the way if it's creativity, if it's, yeah like psychedelics, whatever, whatever's going to get you there. Like just to open new places in your mind of things that you've never thought before, releasing expectations, releasing what you thought you knew. There's a lot of that we have to let go of and release. And like the more you kind of clench I, in sessions lately that I've been doing, I feel, I felt a couple of people have literally like their fists, like, clenched energetically of like holding on holding on gripping to like what was gripping onto the cliff they don't want to fall off but then they don't know if they just let go there's like a mattress there to catch them but they can't see that because they're too they're hanging on so it's like this opening like a relinquishing control relinquishing expectations and finding that okayness and peace within yourself freedom within yourself in however you can in tiny moments and then the more like tiny moments you can do that and create that the more it becomes kind of like a a more consistent energetic vibration and the more you're in that 
the more you pull and receive that same energy towards you. And then you start to like see it all around you. And then you're like, wow, I do have things to be hopeful for. And every, and I, you see like little lights popping up and you see people, people's, like I see people's eyes like opening wider and I see bells ringing and I hear like gongs in people's heads, like wake up. Like I, I can feel it, you know, like people are waking up. This is a big clarion call. I want to and walk around with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's their choice to listen, you know, or not. Mm. But that's the that's the human part. We get the choice to listen or not. But yeah, it's there. Like it's ringing for everybody. I've felt that too. Just that I, I felt acutely alive and really um, excited. And I think hearing you talk, both of you, is helping me really tap into that as a resource rather than as a a, a wall to bounce off of mm-hmm. just to come back to the you know just to come back to like overactive you know ego mind or whatever it is i think it's a, a lot of us too right now because of the the just general trauma that's going on it can be it can feel selfish or strange to feel good or to feel peace amidst all this chaos yeah but it's like the more that we can that is what that is what the world needs because when you are in that state you emanate that and you're like to your relationships to your house to your home to your people and it goes out 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 out. the more you can come from I, i really think it's like an inner job it's like an inside job it all is coming from within and less like, how am I going to affect change out there and more? How am I going to check affect change within myself? And by affecting that change and embracing it, and acknowledging, accepting all the changes within myself, I become a leader just through example by how I live in integrity with my own inner knowing. Like, just how you live is going to be the inspiration and the catalyst for other people. I'm also struck by this part of me i don't know if if you all have this that is curious about how to how does this relate to the different layers of social strata in the community and and like andrea mentioned there are people that are dealing with actual survival level challenges and people that have perished already and how do we connect all these great things that we're sharing with yeah, with with our friends and neighbors and community members who are really on a survival level. It's really life and death. Like today, forget about sitting up and centering yourself through some yoga. It's I might die today because I'm evicted and I have no food and et cetera. I know that's a really big question, but I'm just curious to know if there's anything that comes to your minds. Oh, the crow might have something to add. We're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the crow medicine. Yeah, crow is death and rebirth, mm. darkness and light. All I know is that those points of I might die, I might kill myself, I might kill somebody else. This is the lowest I've ever felt in my life. Were the turning points for me. Mm-hmm. And 
they can be lights on for people. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the few times in my life, both two distinct times in my life, one, a not quite desolate on the street level, but finding myself without, um, without a partner, without money, without a car, without a paycheck, and I wasn't hireable. And, and I had a home and I had the opportunity and I had some time and I, I had a place to go if I absolutely had to. And that was a scraping the bottom of the barrel. I didn't know what value I had in my own life, let alone how I was going to accrue value for myself. And that moment gave me more energy than any other time in my life. And it was so scary. And in, I think when, when what you knew to rely on doesn't exist, you, you kind of have to let go. And I think that the limited mind is going to grip with every last fingernail to what it knew. And as soon as that surrender overtakes you, then, then you have the opportunity for guidance and to be surprised. And I think in the, mm-hmm. I think in our communities for those who are resource and, and no matter the role you're playing right now, what you can do, do where you can support show up and don't measure it as being too small or too minuscule. And I think that's the, that's the, the little tiny silver lining that we have to, we have to give of ourselves. We've always had to, but we don't, not in the ways that we get to right now. And so no matter what you can offer, if it's, you know, I'm supporting my niece by doing a creative writing class for her once a week because she's home for the next six months. I'm giving and sending groceries to people who can't leave their homes. Um, just where, like, where can you mm-hmm. practically give? And, and for a minute I thought, gosh, that's so little. I should, I should do more. I should do more. But if we all did the tiny bit, that tiny bit becomes a lot. And if I don't need a small business loan, for example, I'm not taking from that pot, but I will certainly support others in sending them the resources that come my way so that they know their options. You know, it's, it's, if you have the information, you have the gift to give, then give it. And I think for us as practitioners, that's like, that's the given, right? I, I look at my business in the last few weeks and all the resources that I take for granted, things like I know how to take a deep breath. I know how to audit my office so I can take away all the stimuli that's not supporting my selfhood. I know how to eat nourishing foods. I know how to um, be still. And you think, well, that's a given, but what if it's not? And so are you as a practitioner galvanizing your communities with the things that you have in front of you already and and not extending Mm -hmm. that. This isn't a time to grow and expand. This is a time to like pause and and then reach out your arms and whatever you can reach within arm's length. There you go. Like that's your circle of influence. And are you influencing in that space? And if you're not contributing something of good use, then the very least you can do is not contribute to the noise and extract some of the overwhelm and fear from people. And so if you can do nothing but take away a little bit of strife, then do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. 
Yeah. I think too, of like, yeah, that kind of micro level, like how are you, how are you affecting change in your own, with your children, with your partner, with you know, the people that you're in quarantine with every single day? How are you like creating balance and harmony within that atmosphere, within that environment, within your, those close relationships? That is like the, the function, the tool that will create harmony without, or, you know, greater than that and expand that beyond. But it has to start so small and that that is, it is part of this, like, part of the shadow I think that we're dealing with is that not enoughness that every probably human has of this not enough, not enough. So it's finding the enoughness in your in yourself, in your contributions, in what you're doing, in being there to wash the dishes and like keep the house clean and and make food for your child or whatever it is that is enough. That's amazing. Mm. And like taking every single moment and day and breath like at a at a time, really. That I mean, we always death is always imminent. Mm-hmm. Any of us always could you know but it just feels more imminent because of what was going on because of the circumstances but it was always there like so it's helping to kind of shake people out of a little bit of false sense of security yeah yes out of like complacency because think of how many it's so interesting because i bet if you ask anybody before this happened like if they thought the world was like going well if they liked how things were moving, they would be like, they would be complaining, talking about all the things that were wrong with it. And then after this, they're just like, I, I just want to go back to how it was. <laughs> and it's like, but you didn't, it wasn't good before. Like <laughs> it's breaking open to be re, rebuilt. So I too, another part of the puzzle is like, for me in terms of hope and faith is envisioning, creating the vision of what it, could be of the opportunities that we have right now of what it could be there's every single possibility exists right now it is an open gateway there is nothing set in stone there's no future that is written it nothing has happened yet we are creating it right now we are creating it through our intention through our focus through what we do through our daily decisions through our own energy and so when you can focus on what do i have what is good what is here what can I do with that? What do I want to create? What do I want to be? Who do I like finding those answers? What is my real true purpose? What is my real true soul? Like, how can I make somebody laugh today? How can I laugh? How can I play? Like finding those little things and creating a vision of, of hope, of possibility of what our communities and world could be in the future I mean, there is a potential for an amazing, beautiful community and like a complete overhaul of every single system that exists in our world. Like they're all crumbling and somebody's going to have to rebuild them. And we are clear and strong in our intention and what we see and what we want and what we know is true for us. We are going to have an effect on the, the creating of these new systems to support what we want to see. So that's like, 
right, even just like writing out your vision of like what you see is possible or the opportunities that exist or thinking about like what you could create from this crux, this turning point. Getting clear on that is helpful to hold the hope and hold the vision and move towards something other than the demise in any direction. Is it too late for Coray Wilborn 2020? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yes. It is way too late. Um, Andrea, this might be a good good one for you, especially. Um it, it brings me, Jenna, you you brought me back to this original question I had, which I think is really a practical entryway for people because I know a lot of people are saying, okay, so we're hearing what you're saying about tread lightly with your, with your connection into externals, right? Mm -hmm. And how they, especially in, in how they affect you. So how do we balance our need to be informed in the human realm with our need to be really spiritually grounded in our, in our visioning and our sense of potential? You're looking for a ratio? (laughs) Exact, exact numbers. Here, this is this is definite. This is research based. <laughs> I have lots of empirical evidence. <laughs> um, I mean, from a very biased because it, it's keeping my feet on the ground and my heart open and my ability to move forward. I think it's like a ninety nine point nine percent to point, you know, one percent ratio okay. of ninety nine percent social media. let's inverse that (laughs) yeah 99.9 percent of the real as Jenna was talking about earlier Mm -hmm. the the real what can I reach out and physically touch feel taste smell experience in this moment and the 0.1 percent of what is what is truly necessary for me to know right now and I have a I have a, a personal value of not ingesting the news. I don't read it. Mm -hmm. I don't watch it. I don't have a news feed. I don't get the newspaper. There has not been a single important event in the last decade that has not found its way to my door. So if I need to know, I will know. Um, When shelter in place went into effect, we were informed. It's like people, it's almost like the universe conspired to make sure I had the most important information delivered in a way that was easiest for us to ingest. We had a really good friend of ours who does like to consume the news. And he reached out and said very point blankly, here's what's happening. You may want to go and get some groceries. And it was so calmly delivered and we were able to act appropriately. And I didn't have to read a thousand different articles about how terrifying this was going to be you know, in Mm -hmm. theory. So you also get to choose your source because everything's an interpretation, 1000%. And the, if you really are going to go look for the data, I don't even know if that data is accurate. And it's not to say that we have to disbelieve what we're being told. I think that news sources are doing the best they can to keep us in the know. But at some point, the information we ingest becomes the narrative we live more than the data itself ever would have been. And I can, and this could be controversial, but I can't help but wonder how much of this infection is infecting us at a fear-based level first, 
creating a depressed immune system collectively, creating a more rapid rate of contagion collectively. And we're seeing this thing spiral and burn in a way that we haven't. And a lot of that is it's, it's new to the system and, and we have not dealt with it in our bodies before. So I'm not denying any of that, but fear makes you sick. It makes you so sick and it's, it's a very low vibration and hope and love and, and opportunity optimism is not naive. It's just a faster paced vibration and it can exonerate fear. So go to the places where you feel good. You're like Jenna said earlier, you're allowed to feel good right now. And in fact, if you feel good, you need to lend that out. That Uh is, that's the, hold your light up, hold your candle out. I mean, it's, I don't know about where you guys are, but every night right now, there's this funny thing happening at 7 p.m. where everyone goes on their stoop and bangs a pot in a pan and it just cracks me up and like this kid-like jovial energy comes over me (laughs) because it's so silly. And yet it's like, oh, it's 7 p.m. I have to go outside and like listen for the neighborhood hooting and hollering because it feels good. I don't know if I answered your question, but it, it's whatever, whatever keeps you connected to yourself and allows you to make the decisions you need to make and the responses you want to have. And like Jenna said, what's the, what's the vision you want to keep? Well, you're the keeper of that new responsibility to keep that vision alive for yourself and for the, those who can't keep it for themselves. And what if you have people in your life who don't know to do that, who don't think they can do that, or don't think they can turn it off? And they're just ingesting that on a daily basis. That's, and these are well-intended, well-meaning people. How are we showing up in spaces with them and, and allowing them to see a potential other door that they can move through? Mm-hmm. Ah, the crow says yes. <laughs> the truth He's is... like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I have the same practice of, yeah, not looking at the news and i think that it's a very good brain saver protector you have to have personal protection energetic boundaries about what you're going to take in choosing sources choosing reliable people that you trust to get your information from choosing different sources and like i was saying before of choosing kind of the timing when you're looking at it like don't open don't go straight on social media right when you wake up in the morning and then just be kind of immediately in that push pull sway of everybody else's feelings. Like first connect with yourself. Have like, I do a gratitude practice in the morning, even if it's just like, woohoo, I woke up today. Thank you. Thank you for this breath. Thank you for this bed. Oh my gosh. I have a bed. I have a house. I have, the sun outside I have like there's just so much orient yourself towards what you have first before you go into this possibility a place that might deplete you like fill yourself up first before you know you're going to be giving your energy out and then when you feel so filled up you might not even seek out the information you might not even want to know you might just know it's going to come as it like how Andrea was saying, like I've never missed out on any important news story ever with by not watching the news. It's always there. Like you can't not miss anything. Hard to get away from, for better or worse. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you're a human on the planet, you're gonna hear, you know, what's going on. So yeah, I love that. It's I'm noticing as you're both saying that I I love that. I've been practicing 
that um, all pretty much all of March, I was in Arizona with one of my mentors in the middle of the desert when this really started escalating. And I stopped looking at any media for several days. And I like the first interaction I had with humans that were not sort of in my vibrational field was at the airport in Tucson. And I walked in and it was like the first TV I'd seen. And the first image was of this very serious looking reporter on CNN with some sort of like <laughs> probably stock image. I mean, that's my cynic. It was an image of, <laughs> of an airport. <laughs> it was like overrun with people. And it was, like, and it was, and it was this headline that was like, coronavirus causing airport crisis and i'm not making light of you know people's challenges but i was looking around at the airport and there were like six people oh really i was worried about you coming home it was totally fine headlines like that yeah people were being really friendly and um it was like so not so not the situation and and i'm not and i'm not trying to say that it wasn't the situation somewhere but um i think what i'm trying to say is that it was an opportunity a gift for me because I had been so well rooted in myself uh-huh. and that I had this kind of insulation and now I'm reintegrated back in the world. And I know a lot of people, yeah, I mean, they, we all came into this with whatever vibrational level we were at when March, you know, uh-huh. happened. I'm, I'm talking, we, I guess in the Western hemisphere. And uh-huh. so maybe what you're saying is a call to, find if you're listening you can find your version of of pause in a way that's really receptive and open and just trust that that's enough that that could be a starting place for you know blossoming you you could never really strategize about or anticipate yes yeah you know there's the there's the data and then there's the drama and, and the drama is the story we tell about, about the data. It's the story we conjure up or create to either amplify or um, make a point out of the information we have. And I think mm-hmm. if you really distill it down, there's five or six points of data. They're not, they haven't changed significantly in the last week or so. Everything else is an interpretation and a retelling of the same information. So I think you also have to take the data of your life in this moment, take stock of not what you're being told to feel or what you're being told to do or how you're being told to react, but truly ask yourself, what, what's true for me right now? What's not true for me? That's your data. And then you get uh-huh. to create your own drama, right? How, how did I say, who did I say I would be when things were not as, as easy to navigate? What did I say I would do? when things felt uncertain and how did I say I would show up and am I am I engaging with what I know of myself in the way that I said that I would and if you're not then either you weren't clear enough or you've been overly influenced and you're always allowed to turn off the news close the window close the door go within and say what's what's really here and what's really now and for some people it might feel like make-believe but all of it's make-believe so you, <laughs> exactly. you need to find a, a better story. The stories um, are there. Stories way. Are there. We, we may as well pick one that helps yes. us. Yes. One, yeah. 1000%. <laughs> I really appreciate you both. So we'll take a minute now. Um, you know, if you're, 
if you're a better host, you would have said in the beginning that it's April 6th and it's, um, <laughs> if in case you're listening to this recording and it's 2120 and you're on Mars, you're probably AI uh, and you've probably um, can figure out how to translate the MP3 into whatever technology you have. Uh, we're, recording this, <laughs> we're recording this on April 6th, 2020 in the midst of um, this COVID-19 phenomenon that's happening in the world. And so that's been the backdrop of our discussion today around human and spiritual meaning. Um, and I really just so appreciate both my guests, Andrea Wilborn and Jenna Correy. And I'd love to just let people find out where they can connect with you and your, and your work. Um, yeah. So, so Andrea, let's start with you. How do people get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you're up to? Yeah, I think the easiest is just through my website. It's Andrea a-N-D-R-E-A-L-E-D-A dot com. And feel free to reach out to me and contact me. And there's all sorts of, of ways to uh, engage. And I'm, I'm around. Uh, we'll put your website links in the production notes too. Great. My website is getmomojo.com. G-E-T-M-O-M-O-J-O. And I do distance sessions with people, energetic sessions, wherever you are in the world, which has been very helpful in this time of isolation. And I have free resources, free like energetic exercises and meditations and things on my website to check out to help. Yeah. And I suggest if you're listening and you're intrigued at all, you you check both these amazing people out. Um, I have worked with both of them in my own time and received incredible benefits from each of you. So thank you so much for the work you're doing and for sharing your perspective and for being willing to come on. Thank you for having the, such a discussion. It's needed. <laughs> the crow wants the final I know. word. Yeah. The crow wants the final word. All right. So before we go, um, let's read the little crow totem. Jenna, you might know this better than either of us. What do you what do you think is significant about the crow spirit totem? Crows are we are scared of them because they're kind of harbingers of of death, of change, of transformation. They signal the dying of something old, so that the rebirth of something new can come in the cycle of of nature and change that is always perpetuating. They're saying it's okay to die. It's okay to let go. Let pieces and parts of you shed and find what's new and being born within you. Hmm. And the crows too right now have been gathering sticks and things for their nests. They're making a nest and they're, they're preparing for life. They're, they're going to make babies soon. So <laughs> that's another part of the message, I think. Nice. Um, yeah. Sounds like a good uh, delivery. I like it. <laughs> Andrea, do you want to add anything about the, the, uh, just the symbolic life and death crow imagery? Only that I, I think they're also shapeshifters and, and they mm -hmm. remind us that things are rarely as they appear. And, um, yeah, like like Jenna said, it's it's death is death is the illusion of rebirth, and it comes masked as the the bearer of letting go. Find out more about Andrea's work at andrealita.com and awaken your practice.
getmomojo.com. Learn more about Jenna's work at getmomojo.com. I'll leave you with the Supergiver's Leadership question of the day. What is a story you've told about yourself your whole life that you absolutely hate? What if you're telling yourself the story was a chance to discover an opening to a new ending? This has been the Supergivers Podcast, and I'm your host and producer, Jesse Johnson. If you like what you're hearing and would like to support the show, you can do so with one of three simple actions. You can write a five-star review on iTunes, you can tell a friend about the show, or you can subscribe and listen to another episode on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. You can learn more about me and my equine-based leadership work at supergivers.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.